This is episode number nine with Carl Hewan. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Now I get excited about every interview, but this one is excitement for you all from a different perspective. So Carl Hewan is my life coach and he's been instrumental in shaping my journey over the past 18 months and I believe he's a bit of an untapped resource in our world. We all need to invest in ourselves. We are our greatest asset. No matter what your goals and desires are, the better version you are of yourself, the better you will be for everyone else that matters to you. And also, the better you'll be at everything you do. Remember this, wherever you go, there you are. So you might as well take the best version of yourself with you. Carl is a functional medicine and functional neurology expert. He's a holistic health, fitness and performance consultant, business owner and wellness speaker. Every topic I speak about with Carl could have gone on for hours. His understanding of human existence and how and why we operate at every level we do is phenomenal. In this episode, you will learn the difference between functional medicine and conventional medicine, why the gut is considered the first brain in functional medicine, and some great foods we can all start ingesting to nourish our gut health optimally. You will learn how to break down fear, adversity, and congruency, and most importantly, why your core values are the driver behind the direction of your life. We also talk about belief systems and audacious goals, and why one of Carl's mates chose to live on the streets of London and become homeless for a while. This is a very educational episode that will start to change your perception of the world. Carl, I'm extremely grateful to have you on the podcast because you've had such an influential impact in many aspects of my life in the last 18 months and you have so much to offer to our listeners and community. Thanks for joining us on Your Life of Impact. Brett, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, to be here with you today and um, I'm really looking forward to sharing a bit more love and wisdom um, and uh, like I say, giving the, the listeners out there in the community some tools and skills to uh, take forward to help themselves and those around them. Now we're sitting here in your house in Bondi and last time I was here, I was with my gorgeous fiance and you and your beautiful Correct. wife, Anna, made an amazing uh, feast for us. There was Oh, what did we have? We had duck liver, homemade duck liver pate for entree. We had homemade bone broth to drink with while we're eating. You had these big beef bones <laughs> that you baked and we scooped the marrow out with our spoon. You had grass-fed organic meat that we ate, uh, organic sauerkraut and salads. It was unbelievable. It was, we truly were sort of nourishing our gut microbiome for that feast. No, that was the, uh, that was the plan. Like I say, it's I always joke around with uh, with friends and colleagues and, and bits and pieces of uh, this is the best restaurant in Sydney and uh, like I say, <clears throat> my wife is a fantastic cook and uh, I am well nourished, I can't complain. <laughs> now I first met you in New Zealand in 2014 through your wife Anna who is actually a Cobar girl, so well done for finding the Cobar <laughs> connection there. <laughs> but I've been working with you now for over 18 months And you've helped me make some of the biggest decisions in my life and I'm always blown away and so exhilarated after our sessions together and I'm really excited about the value you'll bring to the listeners and our community today. Well, I look forward to it. I mean, like I say, it's um, past 18 months, time flies. It's been an absolute pleasure, you know, working with you. I always look forward to it. Um, you're, You're a full credit to yourself. You ask yourself the right questions. Um, you take action, 
uh, which is which is a big one. Um, and you're a complete inspiration to me as well. So, yeah, thank you. Actually, that means a lot to me that you acknowledge that I take action because at our New Year's this year with the people we're with and they went around the circle to ask, what's your uh, word for the year? And my word, I didn't even hesitate. I said action and that was it. Oh, there, there it is. There, hey, the proof's in the pudding. <laughs> now, I call you my life coach. When I tell people about you, I call you my life coach. Even though I don't really uh, like that term because there's some sort of misconceptions around life coach and I... I'm actually a life coach to people, but I call myself a, a mentor in that regard. Now, I tell people you are a functional medicine expert. I tell them that you're a functional neurology expert. You're also a physical coach. But how do you explain yourself when people ask, what do you do? Uh, fantastic question. Uh, a question I get asked a lot. Um, I don't get too swept away with titles or boxing myself into to a specific name or whatever it is. I mean... You can call me whatever you want. Um, like I say, it's um, I've been called many things before. <laughs> um, I, I I work on more of a result. And when I look at what I do or explain to people what I do, um, my biggest why and, and vision is to educate, empower, and inspire people to becoming their, their happiest, healthiest, and highest ideal across all areas and levels of their life. Um, and when you look at that, it brings so many different pieces to the to the table. Um, being human beings and very dynamic as we are, um, it, it fascinates me over the last 16 years working one-on-one with, with hundreds of people and clients um, of all shapes and, you know, areas of life and, and experiences and roles and, and everything accordingly. Um, but to answer your question, um, it's, it's kind of an integrative holistic practitioner if, if you want to sum it up along those lines as i said I'm, I'm not a huge fan of boxing ourselves in we live in a world now where we try and put a title to everything and everything comes with a title um and that title has um can have implications at times so yeah i mean i, I love educating and empowering and inspiring people to becoming their happiest healthiest and highest ideal and i work across all different levels now, before we dive deeper into these areas, I want to get a quick snapshot of your journey thus far that has led you to this point. So, you were born in New Zealand, for those people who might not have actually picked up the accent. You lived in Sydney before moving to London for years. Then you've been back in Sydney for how many years now? Uh, it's been coming up three and a half, four years now. Back in yeah. Sydney for three and a half. Time flies. So, what personally drew you to this line of work that you're doing now? Again, another, another great question. You've done this before, Brett. It's, uh, um, <laughs> I need to know more about this person that is yeah, helping definitely. shape my future. Um, it's quite interesting. I mean, as you mentioned, born and bred in New Zealand um, and absolutely blessed and completely grateful to be to be born in such a beautiful country and have the freedom and fresh air and mountains and, and lakes and oceans to as my playground. Um, and probably something I didn't really cherish too much or probably took for granted, I'd, I'd say, uh, before I sort of spread my wings and, and, and travelled. Um, but I remember one instance sort of sticks out for me in my mind and that was when I was about six or seven years of age and went to, the, went to a hospital with my mum to visit a family friend. Um, and I just remember having this feeling walking around this hospital and it was, I was almost gobsmacked and, and had this sort of... What's sort of, I mean, like a, a sense of not not fear, but just wow, you know, this is a pretty scary place. Um, I could just sense that the vibe and the energy of the place, and just walking around there, and um, you know, looking into rooms as a, a six-year-old child was very daunting, and seeing people hooked up to machines and um, nurses and doctors running around everywhere, and it was my first real exposure to an environment like that, and. Um, I think looking back, it was a bit of a trigger for me and it just intrigued me a little bit more about health and well-being and um, looking at that place, it was a place I didn't really want to ever find myself in if I didn't have to um, from a preventative approach, I guess. And yeah, looking back, I've been asked this question many a times now and I'd say that would be one of the key sort of experiences and probably sparks that lit my, my flame and fueled my fire to, to learn more about health and well-being and performance. All right, let's get a bit more of an understanding of your expertise now. So what is functional medicine and how does it differ from conventional medicine? Well, functional medicine, I'd say, is unconventional medicine. Um, to, to, to put it, to put it uh, you know, 
straightly. Um, I think functional medicine looks at the underlying cause. Um, it addresses the why of what. Um, now, allopathic medicine and credit where it's due. You know, I think 20% of allopathic medicine or conventional medicine as it's generally called um, is very, very good at what it can now do nowadays. Um, in emergency situations, we can do things now that we could never do, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So firstly, credit where it's due. Um, and I think conventional medicine in certain situations of those 20% of the time is absolutely fantastic and brilliant. Now, the 80% of the time when we're looking at health and optimizing health and addressing underlying causes of conditions, I think allopathic medicine falls short. Um, and I think the proof's in the pudding there when we see what's happening in the, in the healthcare system at the moment. And on that, on that front, I'd say personally, um, I don't think we have a healthcare system. I think we have a sick care management system, um, which is on the surface treating a lot of symptoms, uh, but not necessarily getting to the underlying cause and, and setting people free and improving health. So in a nutshell, functional medicine looks at the why. It addresses the underlying cause and it looks holistically at the whole platform and each piece of the puzzle. Now, we live in a world today where we know we, we go far too far down a rabbit hole that we end up knowing everything about nothing. Um, functional medicine is, is a collective, as it says, functional aspect that looks at how the body systems work together from a, from a biochemical perspective, from a physical perspective, um, from mental, emotional perspective, um, and that kind of clicks everything in together. So we're working with the whole organism. Um, and when we get to the root cause of the dysfunction, we allow the body's innate wisdom to come through and do what it does so well. Um, we just need to get out of the way of ourselves sometimes and create an environment where our health is conducive to our environment and we move forward accordingly. And epigenetics has a big role in that. Um, I think in the last probably 10 to 15 years, in the functional medicine world particularly, we've, we've worked out and, and understand now a lot more about epigenetics, and that's thanks to a lot of brilliant minds in the, in the field, and one particularly, um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's a, um, considered the godfather of epigenetics. Um, and the exciting thing about functional medicine is now we live in a world where we're no longer governed by our genetics. You know, um, conventional medicine still has this strong thought process around, you know, genetics is genetics and we can't really change it and it is what it is. Whereas we now know with the advancements in particularly functional medicine and epigenetics that the environment loads the gun, i.e. our genetics, but it's our environment that pulls the trigger. Um, that environment being our health choices, exercise, nutrition, thoughts, feelings, focuses around that, that category. and. Myself, personally, I've always been a, a, a person who asked why, want to know why. Um, the what didn't cut it for me. Um, oh, you've got this. Okay, take this or that, or this drug or that drug, or, or something along those lines. Um, I wanted to know why. What was the underlying issue? What was the, what was the dysfunction? And how could I correct that? Um, not only within, within myself, but with you know, my clients and, and loved ones as well. What, what's the biggest challenges that is preventing or slowing changes for functional medicine to be utilised for, you know, more for all of us? Because I've been following Dr. Mark Hyman, who's an American, and uh, seen the demand and the acceptance and the growth of the Cleveland Clinic that they've established there for functional medicine, which is brilliant. And they're creating a lot of awareness and a lot of breakthroughs in this space. But what, what's your perception of what are the biggest challenges that we face for it to be more accepted or uh, more uh, accessible for all of us? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, and, and quite a tricky one to, to answer, to be politically correct. Um, it's, I mean, we have, and even in the last sort of five to ten years. I mean, I was based in London for eight years, now been back in Sydney for four. When I first got back to Australia, um, everyone was kind of looking at me sideways when I mentioned functional medicine and what is that, and I've kind of heard a little bit here and there, but don't know too much about it. Nowadays, it's becoming a lot more well-known. I think podcasts and, and awareness, and there's some great practitioners out there, particularly in the U.S., um, Dr. Mark Hyman, one of them, Jeffrey, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Bland is another one um, that are doing some fantastic work in the field. Chris Kresser is another one, um, which are bringing a lot of this information now mainstream. 
Now, I think in time, and like it with everything, it's going to take time. Um, the results are starting to speak for themselves. Um, the awareness is out there. Hopefully, and um, this is a big hope, that a lot of the functional medicine testing will be made available via whether it's, you know, um, healthcare refund rebates or covered via Medicare um, within Australia. I mean, that is a big if, um, but it's what... Um, what I'd love to see in the future. Um, but yeah, it's going to take time. It is going to take time like everything. And as the results speak for themselves, I think we'll see a, a bigger growth and, and this whole sort of thought process of, of medicine and, and holistic medicine being practiced more globally, which will be I look forward to the days. <laughs> now, a test you had me do early on uh, was an organic acid test where I had to send my urine sample to America to get a deeper reading of my metabolic state, which actually revealed some metabolic glitches in me and enabled you to prescribe my supplement protocol based on this deep understanding of my internal workings, which worked wonders for me, as you know. Yeah, um, I mean, an organic acid test is, is a, a pretty phenomenal test and it's almost, um, almost considered like a gold standard in the functional medicine world. And as you mentioned, it looks at underlying glitches, uh, metabolic glitches or nutritional glitches, which can be having a, a downstream effect in some metabolic function in the body, uh, whether it's inflammation, energy, um, along those kind of pathways. It also looks into the state of our gut health, um, particularly in the small intestine. Now, in functional medicine, the gut is a big platform. It's, it's our foundation to our, our, to our overall health. Um, it houses 80 to 90% of our immune system. Uh, we know that there's a strong link between the gut and the brain. Um, and some say, you know, like I say, the gut-brain connection or, or the, you know, the gut's the second brain in functional medicine, it's often termed the first brain. We actually make more neurotransmitters in our gut than we actually do in our brain. So it's a phenomenal test just to look at the overall function of what's happening underneath. And it's a test um, that's used a lot as a, as a um, identifying test for for any sort of health issues or, or symptoms, um, and also as a preventative test, um, and it looks underlying the blood levels because when we analyse blood, a lot of nutrients and blood are bound to, to proteins, obviously, to be transported to the cell, um, and your body always does everything it can to keep your blood in homeostasis um, before we see underlying sort of foundational glitches here, and that's why you get a, and I see it a lot in, in my practice. Um, a lot of clients that come to see me have been to the doctor for 18 months, two years, even more, some, you know, and uh, they always get the, the recording of your bloods are fine, it's all in your head. Um, there's nothing wrong with you and, you know, these people know that there's something not quite right. They know themselves pretty well um, and it's amazing when you start to run deeper deeper tests, one being the organic acid test, um, what's on a, what starts to sort of come forward. And again, functional medicine is, is individualized health. It's not generalized health. And I come from the thought process of where if we're not testing, we're guessing. Um, and if we want to address the individual, uh, their uniqueness and their individual cause, we need to get to those, those underlying areas and pathways. And hence why it was a test that I recommended for yourself. Um, you know, doing the work across what we're doing together across all those levels, um, that the physical biochemical part of it is such a key key place you know that's where we house everything else that we do um, even when it comes back to mindset training and, and performance-based training yeah it's definitely all linked with um we'll, we'll move into that shortly with even the functional neurology aspects but you just mentioned there about uh gut health and gut microbiome and people probably have heard the gut is the second brain but i love how you mentioned there that in functional medicine you guys actually refer to the gut like the first brain so gut health is vitally important but I remember going through school and learning nothing about gut health. I remember going through university and learning nothing about gut health. I've been in the uh, sporting industry for a lot of years as an athlete, as a therapist, as a coach. We don't really learn anything about gut health. I didn't learn anything about it until I started listening to podcasts. That's where I should say that's where I was exposed to it. I learned a hell of a lot since I've been working with you. So what's a bit of advice or some facts around for everyone listening that sort of this might be the first time they're exposed to it or the third or fourth time they're exposed to it but they think well what does it actually mean for me what do i need to do what do i need to change what do i need to look for in my diet to optimize my gut health 
Yeah, I mean, from from a diet perspective, um, I mean, firstly, you know, NSAIDs, non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs. Um, now, these things are handed out like candy nowadays. We can get them, you know, like I say, just walk into the supermarket nowadays and pick up, you know, a packet of ibuprofen and things like that. And Standard anti-inflammatories. Standard, yeah, mm-hmm. non-steroid anti-inflammatory. Um, and these things are, are, are just destroy the gut lining. Um, they're... They're very, very harsh. They basically can burn linings in the, in the stomach lining and create little tears and, and what they call like a leaky gut situation. Um, and that's when the, the gut becomes quite porous and leaky um, and, and starts to leak through undigested proteins into the bloodstream. Now, that's one aspect. Um, refined sugar, okay, again, is a, is a big one. Um, and one that I'd you know give the listeners advice on, and, and you know if you want to optimise gut health, look at ways that you can reduce refined sugar intake, um, vegetable oil intake. Again, you know like I said, rancid oils going into the into the body. Um, so you're talking like canola oil and canola oil, uh, sunflower oil, safflower oil. You know along those lines. Um, again, very very pro-inflammatory, uh, very detrimental to the to the gut lining. Um, and another big one there is antibiotic use. Now. Coming back to what I mentioned before with the 20% allopathic medicine model and it, you know, in emerging situations, it's a fantastic medicine model. Antibiotics kind of fall into that category, but nowadays, like non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs, we see so much use of antibiotics for the common colds and things like that. Now, a lot of research, I, I posted a, a great um, post last week on my, on my um, Instagram regarding just the effects that antibiotics can have on our, on our gut lining. Um, and just up to two or three courses of antibiotics can completely change the microbiome in our, in our body. So it's, it's just something to be aware of. Um, and there's a lot more information around it now, but those would be some of the big hitters straight away. Um, and then, like I say, around that, you know, getting good rest, good sleep, um, breathing properly, you know, like I say, and that's something we'll probably touch on uh, shortly. But like I say, getting your diaphragm down into into the into your lower, you know, abdominal area, you know, is a great internal massage and gets energy down into the body, which is which is a big one as well. Um, and then hydration, you know, keeping optimally hydrated are some key take homes. What about in terms of I mentioned some of the foods that you serve to us here at our amazing feast? Uh, that's sort of shaped the way that. I've changed the foods. I've always thought I ate healthy, but the more time I spend with you, the more I change my shopping list, so to say, and really aiming towards those super gut microbiome pro foods around your sauerkrauts and different things like that. So maybe just name a couple of different things that people can sort of start to to grab to help uh, optimize it. Yeah, sure. I mean, like you mentioned, um, I mean, I personally take a good probiotic every day. Um, and that does me very, very well. It's stood the test of time. Foods, you know, things like sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, um, these things are fantastic. Kombucha um, can be great for sort of gut promoting, you know, gut healing sort of um, forms of, of probiotic bacterium and food. Um, now, it's not always one of my clients I see with, with gut issues. So along those lines, you know, like I said, there's there's certain microbes and, and, and bacteria that we need in the body, potential there's potential pathogens and then there's beneficial bacteria. Now take sauerkraut for example. I've seen sauerkraut have a negative impact on people because of the gut microbiome and what's going on initially. And then once you address the gut microbiome and balance it out, it's a fantastic food. So just a general take home. Um, probiotic foods, as I've mentioned, are fantastic. Um, they will help. They'll help re-inoculate the gut. They'll help boost your immune system. But just one point, one key point to take away is there is always generally a die-off effect. Now, a die-off effect um, means kind of like a detox effect. To get better, we need to might go two steps backwards to go five steps forward, um, and that kind of takes a few people by surprise sometimes. So, um, a die-off effect could be. Um, loose stools, a little bit of diarrhea, um, also constipation being two sides of the same coin. Um, it could be um, some rashes, a little bit of um, irritability, um, you know, just little things to look out for when you're, when you're saying to introduce sort of good gut bacteria or gut producing foods back into the diet. But if people are getting those side effects and they can relate it back to that, and like you said, they can then sort of detox from that and start to introduce another 
uh, good probiotic food? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like I say, it's just, you know, start slowly with, with, with live cultured food um, and see how you respond. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had clients that could start with, you know, a quarter of a, a teaspoon of kefir um, initially. And now they're um, up to, you know, like I say, two, three hundred mils a day type thing. So just it's, it's individual. Just, you know, see how you feel. Start slowly. Um, but they'll be fantastic foods for your overall health. Now, you coach me to live optimally. For everyone listening, what do you mean by living optimally? Very good question. Yes, well, I mean, where do we start? I could probably talk all day on this. Um, living optimally to me um, is, like I say, such an individual area. You know, what, what, what's your values? You know, what, what do you... I always come back to, you know, be, be honor your DNA. Um, understand your values. Take action accordingly to your values and live congruently within your values um, because this is optimally for each and every individual. You know, there's no generic template or general template. Uh, when I go back to honouring your DNA, honour you, your own uniqueness, you know, your own talents and traits. Um, don't live someone else's life. Uh, we see this a lot, and not only from a, a mental, emotional perspective, but from a physical perspective as well. Um, when we subordinate our own values and our own uniqueness and our own gifts, um, whether it's via fear or to impress someone else or all of our parents' values or along those lines, um, we become frustrated, um, we become stressed, um, our light becomes dimmed and we start to see physical, not only mental, but physical manifestations in our health and well-being as well. So to, to sum it up, to live optimally, um, you know, live according to your values, understand your values, make decisions that are in line with your values. Um, never subordinate your own values for, for someone else's because this will come back in, in the long run. Um, and follow your passions, follow your talents, honor your DNA, which is key. We're definitely going to expand on that shortly. But before we do, I want to know what is functional neurology. Now, it excites me to move into this area because I believe the human mind is the most powerful thing on the planet and we have the power to utilize it to its full potential. What, what is functional neurology? Functional neurology is, um, I, I like to look at functional neurology as alignment. Um, like anything, when, when, when something's in alignment, it, it, it functions, it works more smoothly. Um, the nervous system, the, the mental, emotional, the physical system, you know, like I say, everything links. If it's mechanistic, if it's a car, you know, once it gets a wheel alignment, it, it runs so much smoother, there's less friction. Functional neurology is, is coming into alignment across the physical, the biochemical, and the mental, emotional, and if you want to go higher into the energetic levels of, of health and well-being as well. Um, I was very fortunate uh, to go to a few lectures and then a few workshops and advanced workshops of, of Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, who was a great, I, th I feel was one of the best um, teachers in the neuroscience functional neurology field as we speak it to this point um, and was very blessed to learn some fantastic and uh, tools and skills and, and understand this sort of subject a lot more and, and go through certain exercises to practice this myself. Um, and it's about creation, you know, like I said, we think and we feel and we feel and we think and functional neurology is kind of how our thoughts and our feelings create our reality, um, particularly from that mental emotional perspective. And it's quite easy to get hooked on this cycle of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking and then we get almost stuck into this rut of um, well, it might not necessarily be a rut, but, you know, some people, it's successful, you know, like I say, it, it's, it's within your DNA, you think in a certain line. Um, but for others, if they're stuck in a rut or not sort of living a life that's empowering them or inspiring them, um, they could be, you know, directing their attention and thoughts and stuck into this little cycle um, of thinking it and then feeling it and then thinking it, which leads into to one and the other. Now, I think, you know, like I said, we're starting to see a lot more now in the, the functional neurology field and neuroscience field of creation. Um, and, and setting up visions and, and living according to those. Um, and it's a powerful, powerful tool to bring into, you know, like I said, a lot of people are really doing a lot of physical work and exercise and, and nutrition and rest and, you know, what can we do on that level? Um, but when we come into function neurology, that brings in the, the, the higher sort of mental, emotional level and aligns that with that physical level as well. 
Um, and when we align that with, you know, like I say, our thoughts and our feelings, um, we get, like I said, a massive downstream reaction to the physical body. Um, it's kind of like, and we'll touch on it shortly, but gratitude, you know, like I said, um, has an amazing effect on the physical body. And it's a thought, it's a feeling that we, that we can put out there and sit in. And like I said, we see immune responses, we see um, cortisol levels drop down, we see um, more circulation, blood pressure reduction, you know, a lot of these factors just from, just from a thought. Um, and we're seeing now with functional neurology, we can change our physiology. Um, we can change our reality and then from that point we start to attract different experiences and different people and places and times and events into our lives and I think that's where functional neurology is moving into um, and it's been transported out there a lot with the mindfulness movement and, and meditation movements as well that we're kind of seeing but to wrap it up and I could talk all day it is alignment it, it's been in alignment from a physical perspective from a biochemical perspective and from a mental and emotional perspective alignment yep. <laughs> something we can probably visit and 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 probably do a purely different podcast on um but my my own view on functional urology is, is alignment now before i started working with you i'd been studying and practicing neurolinguistic programming with a coach in newcastle which expo exposed me to a whole new paradigm and perception on the world that just blew my mind before I started with you, I told you about it, what I'd learned and what I loved and I wanted to expand on this and how excited I was about it. And then what I noticed with you before advancing on this, you realized pretty quickly that I hadn't been through some foundational processes such as, you mentioned it before, establishing my values, creating a big vision, understanding my purpose and or my mission. Now tell us why these processes are important. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it's kind of like our gut health and functional medicine, it stems from that. And I look at our values, you know, our values, and if we look right back into human behavioral engineering, uh, which was a was a um, birthright to NLP and, and a lot of other sort of, you know, human behavioral um, programs and coaching uh, platforms and, and, you know, uh, courses that are out there as we speak. But... You know, I think values are so key. They're our foundation to whether we're whether they're conscious or subconscious or whether we're aware of them or not, they drive every action. Whether it's right or wrong, when actually there is no right or wrong. Okay, but we will do things based on our underlying values, whether we're aware of them or not. Now, you know, like I say, wisdom would imply that we, we get to know our values, understand what they are. Um, and these will change throughout our life. Um, I've, I've you know, always identify my values and have done so probably for the last 15, 16 years. And it's amazing to look back and look at how these have changed and how dynamic they are as I go through different stages of my life and how they governed decisions that I made throughout that time and process um, whilst I was aware of it and previous to that, whilst I wasn't aware of it. Um, and it's, yeah, like I say, a lot of people get values and traits mixed up. Um, and values are, are, like I say, are driving every decision we make. As human beings, we're either, you know, avoiding pain and moving towards pleasure. Um, and that's, you know, like I say, based on the underlying values and where they lie. So that is a big, big, big foundation um, and one that we addressed and I address with, with all my clients, no matter what their goal or where they're coming from, um, is to making sure they've got that foundation with them. So they've got the, the filters and, the, and the, the skills and tools to, like I said, make decisions as they move forward in their life. And, you know, there is no right or wrong. People will take actions according to them, um, whether they're, they're aware or not. Um, but for optimal fulfillment, my advice is to always be congruent with these and understand them um, and revisit them every sort of, you know, six to 12 months. And, and you make a valid point because how can we actually be congruent with our values fully and make choices that are in line with our values and fully congruently make those choices if we haven't actually identified them. Like you said, we all do have our core values, but how many people actually go through the processes like you've worked on with me and like I've seen other people do where you go, you answer a lot of questions and you dig deep and you really establish it, you identify it, you write it down and you reflect on it. These are your values. And you know, I've been a high performance coach for a lot of years and I, uh, I coach people from a foundational aspect and grow from there. So we, we work on the fundamental movement patterns to minimize energy leakages and improve movement efficiency. So like you said, I see 
the values in our lives as those foundations and those fundamentals that we all need to establish to be able to like you talked about before about living optimally but the most powerful aspect of it is being able to make choices in your life that are actually congruent with your values 100 percent. and i you know i love the way you explain like the, the leakages you know and when we don't know our values yeah where are we heading um what are we making decisions from and i see a lot of a lot of people also living someone else's values you know and there's a there's and they probably feel like that's right because they see that person is uh quote unquote successful because they're following their values 100 percent, and uh they're wondering why it's a struggle or it's a chore or they're not fulfilled or they're not happy they feel like there's just something missing um, there's a little bit of an emptiness and you know I've worked with a lot of different clients over the years and um, in different areas and, and very very successful um, people and, and, and success is an interesting word and it's not necessarily tangible success in the way that we sort of led to believe all the time um, it, it's you know it comes in all different ways and shapes and forms and um, you know, like I said, if we don't know where we're heading, where are we going? You know, or where are we going to end up? And if we don't have, you know, like I say, an, a conscious awareness of, of what makes us happy, what drives us, and if we don't stick to that and be congruent, um, like I said, we're chasing our tails. And I always ask the question to a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I meet a lot of people on a daily basis, and we have some fantastic chats. And one question I ask them is, "Are you happy?" And that's a pretty simple yes or no question. You know. If you are happy, fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, and, I, and when I say happy, I mean happy. You know, fulfilled, radiating, loving life. Um, and if you're not, okay, let's address it. Let's have a look. Let's break it down. Let's unpack it and see what's happening. And I'll guarantee you a lot of the times, um, they're either not aware of their values or they've subordinated someone else's values, whether it's a teacher or a mentor or a, a coach um, or a friend, um, and they're, they're living according to those, but wondering why it, things aren't flowing for them in their life. Um, and it's, it's a huge one. Um, and most people now, they would, you know, they spend more time planning their weekend than they do their life. Um, they get more excited about, you know, two days of a week rather than, you know, mapping out their, their whole journey. But like I said, a lot of people get some fantastic realizations when they identify their values. Um, and then, like I said, live congruently to them. So this has been a huge factor in your help with me making some massive decisions in my life. And to be honest, it wasn't until I lived the experiences of making lots of choices, so not just big choices, but lots of choices in my life that were in line with my values and other areas were identified, such as purpose and mission statements and things like that. It wasn't until then that I started to understand what it meant to live authentically and congruently. And we've both mentioned the word congruency and con uh, making choices and living congruently. Can you just explain to us from your mind what congruency actually means? So congruency um, is being in alignment again, you know, and, and you've heard me say this this word a number of times and it's it's a thing that runs through optimal health performance, well-being, fulfillment. When everything is in alignment, it's there's no there's no resistance. It just flows. And when we look at health and well-being and everything like that, you know, we we, we take out the, the friction, um, and everything starts to smooth and run accordingly. And you almost get out the way of yourself. Um, and it's kind of like I said before, with with our body's innate wisdom, it knows what to do. We don't need to hack it. We don't need to try and work out what it's doing. It's an intelligence beyond what we understand. Um, we're given the responsibility to optimize it, but we sometimes need to step out of our way. And it's kind of like, you know, mental, you know, and you know well with a lot of your athletes, you know, like I said, they've got the physical adaptations and skills and training and coaching. Um, but, you know, like I said, there's always that mental aspect of it as well, performing in, in the big occasions. Um, and congruency, like I said, to, to keep it simple, it's just pure alignment. If you set, if you understand your values and you have goals, do they align or are they congruent with your values or are your goals that you're striving for going to take you so far off and away from your values that you get to this goal and you realize that you're not fulfilled it doesn't bring that sense of enjoyment and happiness to you anymore or at all and it seems such a struggle or even then you know i see a lot in the health world people setting health goals that are completely incongruent with their values and wondering why they can't you know sustain the goal you know if we look at new year's resolutions why do 99% of them fail within the first three or four weeks? 
You know, people aren't congruent with their values or they haven't set this goal in alignment with their values. And there's no right or wrong with this. This is just the, the beautifulness of human behavior. But once we understand this, we can set goals that are congruent with these values and we can take actions accordingly. And we take out the friction of, like I said, um, the, the incongruency of, of that alignment. Yeah, it's just from a personal perspective, again, the things that you helped me with the most was when, or, you know, a lot of things you had, but one of these things in congruency with values where I had a really good uh, career opportunity and to step away from the role that I was in and take another direction. And so many things were, you know, it was almost double the money. The opportunities were amazing. If I looked five to 10 years down the track, the growth that I would have had in that industry would be phenomenal. And there was so many things that were great there, but I just said to you, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, you know, I just, but I can't make up my mind. Like, am I stupid? This might be the only time I ever get this opportunity. And the work that you did with me was just all about aligning with the values. And then in the end, you just made it completely bluntly obvious to me through the, the deeper work and allowing me to ask myself the questions and you directing me through that, that hang on, if I take this amazing opportunity, it's actually going to pull me quite far away from my core values, from the way that I operate as a human, from the way that I love life. Whilst there's great, great opportunities and great potential for growth, it really is reaping me away from my values. If I hadn't actually gone through the processes to identify my values with you and had taken that opportunity, I can see now, you know, we're almost two years down the track from when, or 18 months from when we started that work. I could see now already where I would be butting heads with my internal dialogue. 100%. And like I said, one of the, you know, one of the key areas when we work on that individual level and, and dig a bit deeper is, like I said, asking the right questions. And I'm a firm believer, um, you know, like I said, your life is directly proportional about to the, the quality of the questions you ask yourself um, or asked by others in, in this case. Um, so, and, that, and that's a huge one, you know, like I said, if we ask the right questions um, or, we are, or if we're asked the right questions, we can start to unfold and unpack a lot of the, lot of the, uh, the visions and, and, and align that, you know, like I said, and one of the, one of the most inspiring aspects I find working on the individual level is, you know, helping people identify that and making choices accordingly and seeing them thrive and flourish and seeing things open up and, and happen for these people when they, when they take that action. And it's, it's full credit to yourself and, and you know, everyone else that does that and t takes that action because, you know, yeah, it, it can be quite daunting at times as well. Um, when you have this opportunity that you, you sense maybe, you know, on paper, a fantastic opportunity, but when you actually do the work and realize that um, when you look at your deep happiness and fulfillment, um, it's going to take you away from that area. So no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, it's human behavior at its best and a full credit to yourself for, like I say, doing the work and, and taking action. Well, the other tough part about it is for everyone uh, that's listening, I'm sure they can resonate with the fact that when you get presented with opportunities and you think, well, actually, some of the people around me will probably be really proud of me if I take this opportunity and the perception will be that I'm doing great or that it's really setting me up. So you've got these external influences that you have to actually measure up and it's been really powerful for me to understand, hang on, it doesn't matter what's in my external environment, I have all the answers within me and I need to explore what's right for me and then understand how that resonates with my external environment and the people around me. For sure. And, you know, you're here to live your life. You know, not no one else's. Um, and it's, it's an interesting trait when you see, and it, it's not done purposely, but a lot of parents try and live their lives through their kids. Um, and you, you do see it a lot out there. You know, you, I was actually uh, sitting down with a client a couple of weeks back um, who's a very successful lawyer. Um, and we sat down and unfolding and unpacking happiness and, and what it was to her and, and what it meant to her and um, where she thought she was a little bit confused and lost and we got down to her role and I could sense it was absolutely draining the life out of her, life energy out of her, both physically, mentally and emotionally. Um, and we clarified a few things and she agreed with that and I asked her the question in terms of, you know, do you like what you do? Why, you know, you're, you're a top successful lawyer and she said, no, I absolutely hate every minute of it. I just, I'm, I'm doing it and I studied it because my dad wanted, to be, uh, wanted me to be a lawyer. Um, it was a big sort of, you know, question and time for her to just you know reflect on things and move forward in a, in a, in a different light but yeah 100 percent, it's it's key huge there's so many things i want to discuss for everyone's learning such as we could go into mindfulness morning rituals meditation intermittent fasting 
so many things, but we'd be here all day. So if we get good feedback after this episode and people want to learn more from you, which I know they will, I'd love to get you back on, on more so people can learn more about these powerful skills they can implement into their lives to live more optimally. But there is a couple of things that I do want to break down with you that uh, I think we're all sort of challenged with. One of them is fear. What is fear and how do we deal with it? Fears. I like to look at fear as, as false evidence appearing real. Now, in saying that, I think fear is a, is a fantastic feedback emotion for us. It, it, it shows us that we're stepping outside our comfort zone and we're growing if we decide to challenge it. Um, and when I say challenge it, I, I almost mean accept it, embrace it, embrace fear, make, make friends with it. Um, because it's, it's not something you want to subordinate or push away or try and move away from. Now, anything we, we resist will persist. Um, and like I said, when we're facing our fears, we, we almost become alive, we grow. And if we look at any form of human evolution, when we're evolving and we're growing, we're our happiest, we're our healthiest, and we're most fulfilled. When we're revolving and we're not growing or learning or challenging ourselves, we become depressed, okay? Um, we become uninspired and we become frustrated. And that's from that emotional level. And then that's not even going into the, the manifestations of that on the physical level and our health and well-being. Um, and like I say, that's a whole different discussion and, and topic. But fear is, like I said, my, my advice around fear, and, and like I say, use it, make it your friend. Use it as a tool to inspire you and empower you and as a feedback mechanism to know that you are evolving, you're growing, and you're facing them. And the false evidence appearing real part of it is a lot of fears in our head, 99.9.9% of it. You know, So again, it comes back to asking ourselves the right questions. Where does it come from? What is it about? You know, Like I said, it's kind of like we walk into a room and someone triggers our buttons, okay, and we we kind of walk out and think, oh, I can't stand or I can't be in a room with that person. That's the person you want to go and thank because they're identifying to you in your reality a trait that you need to accept and, and honour because every human being has every trait. And if we don't acknowledge them and, and accept them and work through them, um, it's something that's taking energy away from us. Now, fear is a big, like I said, energy leakage, as you mentioned before, with your athletes. Um, it drains a lot of people. Um, and as I said to you, it's generally false evidence appearing real. When people make friends with their fear, embrace it, breathe through fear, okay, um, they actually start to realise that it's not what it was, or it's not the hurdle that they had sort of built it up to be. And that comes back as well to the functional neurology aspect of it, where when we look at the, the physiology, we think and then we feel, and then we feel and then we think. And that's that top-down, bottom-up pathway again with fear, where we create some illusion in our mind. Um, it has a physiological effect. We feel the physiological effect. We embed the physiological effect. So now we become that physiological effect. And that starts to unfold in our reality as we move forward. So actually, we just start fueling this fear, and it starts to inhibit us, and it freezes us. Okay. Now, when we break through those fears, that's when we're evolving. That's when we're growing. That's when we're evolving as, a, as, a, an, as an individual and then as a collective race um, and evolution is key to survival so have fun with fear you know like I say laugh you know we, we need to bring more laughter not only into our lives but yeah with with situations around there just know that it's growing you and and challenging you and there for a reason for you to work through um, and that's it's a, I, mean, I, I embrace fear um, because it grows you it learns you know you, you learn so much about yourself um, on, on a lot deeper level it's been interesting actually at times when you've worked with me and you've said well what are you afraid of or you know what's holding you back and I'll start to identify it and you just let me talk and I'll identify it and then, and then all of a sudden I've spoken to myself for a minute and then you'll say well what are you afraid of now and it's like well actually talking it out what I was afraid of is ridiculous I've created this whole story in my mind of what I think might happen or what people might think and that's what I'm afraid of but what I'm actually afraid of doesn't exist and here I am spending energy on this fear of something that doesn't even exist and you can see how that's a 
uh, like just a negative feedback loop that goes around. I think that's what you mean by when you say breathe into fear because when people can just relax and breathe and diaphragmatic breathe and just take that time or like sometimes you say to me, meditate on it. What are you afraid of? Meditate on it. You've got a big choice? Meditate on it. You want to do something big? Meditate on it. And that's been a you know breathing and, and piecing all those things together. 100%. And that's, you know, like creating space for it. You know, invite it in. You know, like I said, and just, just sit with it and acknowledge the feeling. Break it down. Ask yourself the right questions. And as you pointed out before, talking about it is key. You know, taking, taking a physical action on it is so key because you need to get it outside of your body. When we're in fear, we're, we're, we're in the trenches, we're inside it. You know, and we, by the action of, like I said, speaking about it, talking about it or writing about it gets us outside of that into that observer state we can start to question it a lot more as well. And it's similar to your values, you know, question your values, are they yours? Who, where does this fear come from? You know, who brought, did it come in the back? Where, where's it come from? You know, what's it about? Is it someone else's fear? Why is it a fear? Um, and have fun with it, because it's there to grow you. And nothing's ever ever in our way, it's always on our way. And you're never given actually a, a challenge you can't handle, so. Actually, that sort of, nothing ever in our way it's always on our way sort of leads me into the next part and i wanted to just just quickly unpack a little bit about adversity and overcoming adversity one thing you said to me that i also coach people on now and i repeat to myself on a regular basis when any sort of circumstances arise is nothing ever happens to us it only ever happens for us 100 percent. yep and it's exactly like i said as i was saying before um you know everything is unfolding um, for our greater good um, and if we can ask ourselves the right question find the silver lining um, you grow and you evolve across all, all levels of, of life um, you become more fulfilled you have more wisdom and if you apply that wisdom moving forward um, you know like I say life's an amazing experience uh, but it's just been having the ability to just ask yourself the right question or be asked by by someone else um, and just break it down and unpack it and unfold it um, and, and take the time to do it and create space. I think mindfulness and, and meditation, um, I, you know, I, I, it's powerful. And I think, you know, I've been saying this for 10 years and I'll, you know, I probably have to extend what I say now. I'm probably saying in 20 years time, but I mean, I think, yeah, people are, I mean, I do a lot of um, corporate coaching and, and wellness coaching and, and on, on the team level and company level and, and individual level. And, you know, I think, um, mindfulness and, and meditation is, is huge and that allows people to connect back to um, themselves and ask themselves these questions that they need to ask and actually realize that things are happening you know for them not to them it's yeah it's like a, just a complete um, change in perception really isn't it 100 around that and when you train change your perception you know every you know language has a has a um, has a tone it has a has a frequency like i said and when you change that when you change that perception the world looks differently you know we, we don't actually see with our eyes we see with our brain and when you change the thought process in the brain you know, the view is completely different um, and it's amazing from a physical perspective and that's why i go on to, to this level as well so much because you know in, in functional medicine and working with people with with dysfunctions and, and symptoms and things that they want to get hold of and and just even as a preventative model when people wanting to optimize their health um the the thought process has such a dramatic impact on our physiology and it can be changed so dramatically and so quickly as well um, and when you merge all these areas together that how we move you know what we eat what we think what we feel how we breathe um it's it's a very powerful alignment as i go back to that word um, in terms of optimizing our health and well-being and, and fulfillment, which is key. And that, just to wrap up, uh, you know, overcoming adversity and what we talked about with change of perception and that that phrase of nothing ever happens to us, it only ever happens for us, that's a definite change in perception for a lot of people and a mindset sort of shift. And I also feel like from what I've learned working with you, uh, working a lot with para-athletes who overcome you know i'm surrounded by these stories of massive adversities every day and these para athletes learn how to use their adversity to their advantage and become uh, athletes and inspirations and world champions and uh, create a whole life around their adversities and then with the you know suffering massive adversity myself learning from other people that have done it as well and then doing the deep work with you i kind of feel like 
overcoming adversity is living congruently and authentically. So when we talk about that congruency of identifying your values and living in line with them, uh, understanding your belief systems and that they're not rigid, that they can guide you, but they shouldn't just be shaped and rigid from, from when you were younger. Uh, understanding what your purpose is and, and living congruently with your purpose. And then also setting your big audacious goals and making choices that are in line and taking you towards those audacious goals and not away from that and that are in line with your values and not taking you away from that. So I think for everything that you've spoken about today plus all the work we've done and my involvement in Parasport, I sort of feel like overcoming adversity is that living congruently. Yeah, you. I mean, look, couldn't, couldn't sum it up better. I mean, like I say, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's, like I said, everything that you've just mentioned. And I, I would add to that, like I said, um, flexibility. You know, like I say, being able to roll with everything as well. So resiliency and flexibility within that whole framework um, is key. And like you said, be dynamic with um, the actions. And, and, you know, like I said, just have fun and, and question, you know, like I say, the, the so-called challenges or, or, you know, like I say, hurdles that are, that are um, like I say, on our way, not in our way. Um, and have that flexibility to adapt and evolve and, and grow. Because like I said, we live in an ever-changing world. Um, if we embrace change, like I say, we use and we, we use the energy for us and it doesn't work against us. Um, and that, that's a huge one, massively. And you summed it up superbly. Talking about embracing change, just before we uh, we'll wrap things up shortly, but I just had a little thought around the fear aspect that we spoke about too. And you've told me about someone uh, that to overcome their fear, they just faced it head on. Can you tell us that story of yeah, definitely. you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I'm on the on the right page there. Um, yeah, it was a um, a good friend of mine actually, um, very brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, again, you know, faced a lot of his own adversity in, in his own life um, from deaths of family members and and bits and pieces along those those lines there. And um, really fascinating guy. And he one of his biggest fears was being homeless. Um, it just from a from a young age he grew up in South Africa um, and. You know, like I said, witnessed it a lot, um, did a lot of travel himself throughout the world and witnessed it a lot and it would always take energy from him. Um, and he was, he's a fascinating guy who always, you know, would dig deep and ask, you know, himself questions. And, and one time he just said, well, this is enough and I need to need to get out and face it. And then cut a long story short, he was um, on the streets in London in, in, a, in a pretty cold winter. Um, you know, pretty challenging for most. And, you know, here I was offering him meals and, you know, a, a nice warm bed. And, you know, he would just turn around to me and say, no, oh, this is something I need to do. And I'm out there and I'm doing it. And cut a long story short, he actually almost got BBC to do a documentary on it. But they, um, for whatever reason, it didn't quite go through, unfortunately. But they couldn't quite understand um, why he was doing it as well. And he was on a park bench one time and, uh, you know, I think he hadn't eaten for a few days, and you know, he was at the point where you know even the homeless were giving him a, a pound to get a to the, get a coffee in the morning or something warm, um, and he literally sort of given everything away, and he just came to a realization that everything was a perception. You know, like I said, he had, was sitting on this park bench and doing a little bit of meditation and asking himself various questions, and and suddenly had this feeling of just euphoric overwhelm come through him and just you know it was a light bulb moment for him to go wow this everything is a perception i'm sitting here on this bench right now and i never felt so happy and content and fulfilled in my life um and that was the point where he'd conquered that fear and moved through it addressed it um and he said it was so exhilarating it just sort of almost set him free in a number of areas um and propelled him forward in, in a whole lot of areas in his life um and he said yeah like i said it was just that that perception how long did he do this? How long did he live on the street? Uh, I think it was, um, it was over a period. It must have been about sort of, I'm just recalling now, maybe nine months on the street, six to nine months on the street. Wow. Um, yeah, and he, uh, like I said, just he's a guy that was, you know, always looking to face his fears and work through things. And, and what's yeah. he doing now? Um, he is in based in London. Um Last time we connected, and I'm due to connect with him again, he is running a personal training business and looking to set up 
um, Utah camps in Thailand. Um, so he just com- for training. completely did it to face his fears, and now he knows what. Well, yeah, he's got no fears yeah, and it was, was you know one of many that he's gone through on his journeys, and yeah, yeah. he's he's a, he's a great guy and, and inspiring, and like a city, um, yeah, he, you know, like a city is out there and facing them and and having the realizations that what they are and that they're a thought process, they're a perception. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. All right, we're going to wrap things up shortly. But I'm all about action and I like to ask all of my guests this one. What's your advice on what specific action our listeners can take today to become more impactful in their lives and in their communities? Brilliant question. How long we got? Okay. <laughs> um, in, in a nutshell, I'll keep this short and I literally could talk all day on this. Um, but if it boils down to a key area that's going to unfold and link to so many different areas in life and and happiness and health and well-being and fulfillment be grateful because if you're grateful just re- really each and every day just be just tune into your surroundings gratitude brings you into the moment you know we're, we're always searching for you know we must meditate be mindful practice these areas but if you go beyond that and just be grateful that already brings you into the present moment um, it'll shift your mentality, it'll shift your physiology, it'll get out the way of yourself, it'll remove you from whatever you're blocking in your, in your life, um, it'll create space for you to apply wisdom um, and ask yourself the right questions um, and it'll allow your light to shine as bright as possible and people will sense that and you start to be an inspiration for others. So on that note, be grateful understand your values take care of your body and breathe deeply brilliant love it now before we dive into the fast five questions i haven't actually told you about these fast five questions but before we do i want to give you uh, a life tea thank you now you are aware of the life teas campaign that we do where we donate 100 percent of the profits to charities because you've actually purchased some of yes, our life teas yes. so i appreciate that so the one we've given you is one you don't have and that's a limited edition one we made for uh profits going to batir brilliant which is a youth mental health uh, organization so fantastic thank you know you. one of the values that you helped me identify when i went through the processes is i really value giving and it's because i believe and understand that giving is living so this is me uh giving something back to you greatly appreciated brent thank you all right so two-part question where can our listeners learn more about you so on social media or your website and how can i and the listeners help you on your journey um my website is is probably the, a good point of call um that's www.carlhewan.com um and that's got all my social media links and insta posts and you know facebook accounts and things like that so that's a good hub to start there um sign up for my monthly newsletter it comes out on a monthly basis uh, with a lot of the latest and greatest um health performance well-being tips across all levels as we've kind of discussed today um and for yourself and the community to help me um like i said just you know like i say stay true ask yourself the right questions um, live congruently to your values um, if you want to understand more about your values like I said get in touch I'm more than happy to have a chat um, and, and again just shine your light as bright as you can because then you're helping everyone else along the way and you're inspiring others and like I said it's if we can inspire you know each and every individual one at a time and just move forward and, and they're living congruently it, it benefits the, the, the greater good and the rest of us as well and you know like I said if you're, you're interested in health or improving your health um, just give me a call and we can we can discuss or drop me a line drop me a message and um, I'm always happy to have a chat and and uh, help in some way shape or form or I could be of help and we'll link uh, all your website and social media links up in uh, in the show notes for everyone to refer to brilliant now the fast five questions don't have to really think about these ones it's just five. punching through Do yep it. just let it roll Love off it. your tongue okay <laughs> what's one sure. habit you wish you could change chew my food more thoroughly <laughs> what makes you feel absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized life have you ever washed a dog yes simple a number a number of them <laughs> what's the best piece of advice you've ever received be true to yourself and what are you most grateful for in your life right now just the the blessing of life just to be here just to be in the moment and you know like I say i don't get out of bed um, until I'm grateful every morning and I have that feeling um, and yeah it's just a massive 
journey of life and it's exciting and it's um, an adventure um, it's a challenge um, and it's yeah just it's a probably the it is the unique gift we'll ever receive it's just the blessing of life so yeah life gratitude is is a way of being Carl Hewen you're a legend you ooze authenticity and congruency and I can't thank you enough for helping shape my journey and also for your input into our community today keep it up man oh, Brett you're uh, like I say thank you and thanks for the opportunity and it's great to be here with you and um, as I said, working with you personally on a personal level the past 18 months, um, I look forward to every session. Um, you ask great questions, you apply, you take action. Um, you're an inspiration to me as well. I hope you realise that. Um, and it's, yeah, I love every minute of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. That's what I'm talking about. I'm so glad I was able to get Carl onto the podcast to share everything with you guys. And I'm really keen to hear from you all with what you'd like to hear more of from Carl. I've sort of envisaged that we can get him on uh, as a bit of a regular for some short, powerful, informative episodes based on what you all want to learn more about. I know what I can get from him. I know what I have got from him and how he's helped shape my journey, but I want to know what you guys want to hear more of to help you on your journey. Be sure to check out his website that we've linked up in the show notes and reach out to him to take your life to the next level, bringing in better alignment and congruency. If you like this episode, please jump onto your podcast app and give us a five-star review. This helps immensely for me to be able to continue delivering value to you. It doesn't matter what app you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, which is formerly known as iTunes Podcast, whether it's Podcast Addict or Stitcher or whatever it is. You guys subscribing and downloading each episode is what keeps this podcast alive. And also, please share with your friends, your family, your community, and everyone you believe will benefit from this podcast. Don't forget to give me your feedback on what you loved and what you want to hear more of, so what value I can help bring into your reality. Reach out to us on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Life for Excellence. That's at L-I-F-E-F-O-R-X-L-N-S. And you can also find us at Your Life of Impact. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.